This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen to WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. Now, here's your Kane's Corner Podcast host, Adam Gold. Justin Williams joining us here. All right, look, there's, there's a ton of things I want to get to. And I don't want to infringe on uh, on daddy time, uh, but I want to kind of start. I want to kind of start and work backwards. So let me start from the as close to the present as we are. What's the what's the level of contact between you and your agent and the Carolina Hurricanes at this point? And we're about what a you know a week or so away from the draft and uh, two weeks away from free agency. So what kind of contact has there been? Well, I, I think my relationship with with my agent and the Carolina Hurricanes organization is 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 less of a business one and more of a friendship one. So, in saying that, the contact we we talk to each other quite a bit. Um, I talk to Tom Dunn quite a bit, to 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 Roddy, to my agent, um, and it's more of a friendly conversation. So the fact that we're talking doesn't mean we're necessarily talking about. Um, anything pertinent to uh, next season or anything like that? When when will you make this decision? Will will your body make the decision? Will your brain make the decision? And what kind of time frame have you put on it for yourself? Um, I think most importantly, I haven't put a time frame on it. I know, obviously, um, I'm going to have to know before September, before training camp rolls around. <laughs> but um, in the meantime. Um, I'm enjoying the time off right now. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the daddy time, as you say, mm-hmm. um, being with the family, um, keeping myself in shape, um, which is uh, which is most important uh, at uh, at uh, this point in my career. For guys like me, you don't want to get out of shape and try and get back into shape because right. you might not ever do it. So um, it's important to just keep those things. And, and you know, maybe one day I'll wake up and, and say I want to play a few more years, and maybe one day I'll make up and, and wake up and say I don't want to play anymore. But um, those decisions just aren't on the horizon. Bef- because I know people will, will want to know the answer to this question, and heck, I want to know the answer to this question. Do you see yourself as playing here or playing nowhere? Um, that's that's probably a question that my agent would not like me to re- to answer to. Um, but I mean, I think it's 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 pretty obvious. My 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 roots have have grown pretty deep here, and right. Um, I've you know enjoyed my time here, and and, and certainly, um, I didn't build a house here to to simply just leave. So right. I think I'll just I'll leave it at that, and um. We'll let it. Uh, we'll let it play out. Some of us are are want to read or listen between the lines. Justin Williams with us. How'd you physically come out of last season? Um, fortunately for me, um, I, physically I, I came out pretty good. I mean, listen, everybody's everybody's. There's 82 hard games. There's you know, fortunately for us, a, a lot of playoff games this year. Um, so you're not going to come out of the well, you know, almost a hundred games feeling exactly the way you did mm-hmm. come training camp. But most importantly, um, you take a few weeks and, and the little nicks and bruises and bumps and bruises, they tend to wear off and, 
you start to feel a little bit more like yourself um, waking up in the morning as opposed to uh, lumbering your way out and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and starting the day with a few stretches. But um, pretty healthy, and, and that's certainly important. And uh, you don't want to be, um, you know, having, having surgery at the end of the season or, right. or anything like that. So um, thankfully I've, I've been relatively healthy the past few years, and that's allowed me to be uh, uh, effective out there. How did you come out of the year emotionally? Um, I think pretty drained. It was it was a um, even though I have a tough time saying it at the end of a year when you lose. It was a relatively successful year, um, and even <laughs> that's even hard for me to you stomach even saying. Right. Um, you know, if you don't win, you just feel like it's a failure. But it was a step in the right direction for us and. Um, emotionally, you know, I, I've invested everything, um, that I had into it this year and, um, you know, myself was, was rewarded with, uh, with a relatively successful year that I'm, um, that I'm proud of. And, and we got a buzz back in the air around this area, which is basically what, what this town needed. Just a little jolt to say, Hey, we have a hockey team. We're pretty right. darn good. You know, what's interesting is that I've written down something because I think you and I was more of a casual uh, chat after the exit meetings uh, day uh, where I was trying to get you to say it was a great year. Uh, and it's like, no, it's not a great year. It can't be a great year. We didn't uh, we didn't uh, win at all because um, to me, everything is relative. So are you closer to admitting <laughs> that this was. I mean, maybe great's not the right way to put it, but because you said a successful season. So are you closer to where I was than where you were about a month ago? Yes, closer. Closer <laughs> in the fact that we raised the bar for the organization, right? right. We, 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 we raised the bar as, as, as a team, as a city, that we expect more and we want more and, and we deserve more. So in that aspect, yes, um, but we've got to keep raising the bar if we're going to get better. Justin Williams is joining us. All right, I'm curious, how much did you replay moments from the Boston series? Um, pretty endlessly, to be honest. Um, I mean, I replay every darn shift of, of, of the game throughout the night when I sleep. <laughs> right. What I, what, should, what I should have done there, what I should have done there, what I could have done, you know, how this could have changed the outcome of the game, all that stuff. Um, enough to make yourself, you can drive yourself crazy thinking about it, but, um, you know, you, you, you trust your, your instincts and, and, um, what's gotten you to this point and you just got to live with it. Um, obviously you, you try to alter things that you think you can, um, switch to make yourself better and, and, and that's all, all good here or there. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, Boston deserved to win because they played better than us. Yeah, look, I mean, there were chances in Game 1 and there were chances in Game 2. It almost seemed to me like uh, after that, uh, the the tank might have been empty. You guys have been playing playoff hockey since the first of the year, and it, it was just incredible work to get to the point where you did. I mean, we, we can talk about St. Louis, too, in a, similar, uh, in a similar way, but I think that team was a more veteran and tested team uh, than the Hurricanes. Uh, so are there are specific instances, maybe in games one and two, where you go, man, if this had just happened, it would have been, uh, could have been a different outcome? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's it's pretty easy. I mean, I think you can go back to even the Islander series um, before that and, and just say, wow, we swept them. But quite honest, there were little plays in every game that, that mm-hmm. you know, could have made it a lot different. And, and you know, I think you can play maybe 20 more series and, and um, have the same teams play. And I don't think we'd sweep the Islanders and I don't think the Boston Bruins would sweep us. So it just kind of happened that way and, and, and things played out the way it did, but um, it's the way it goes sometimes in hockey. And that's why we play because the unpredictability. Have you, have you seen the video of Marchand, Brad Marchand clotheslining you with his stick and then you taking his helmet off and you go into the penalty box? Yeah, I've seen that. I just pulled his chin strap. I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was, I was sort of perplexed that you even got a penalty for that, um, let alone the only penalty for that. But is that yeah. that's just that's just the game? Yeah, that's just the game. I mean, listen, at that point it was four nothing, and maybe we weren't coming back, um, or maybe it was only three nothing. I wasn't quite sure, but uh, maybe we weren't coming back. Maybe we were, but there are calls that go against you, calls that go for you. Um, but the fact of the matter is our special teams throughout the playoffs wasn't good enough. It was right. good enough to get us a little bit, but it wasn't good enough to get us wins when our, our five-on-five game um, wasn't where it needed to be. You know, it's interesting. Is that I, think I, I think I may have said this to you uh, last night or the other day. Um, I actually liked this Boston team all year. I really did. I liked the way they play. I liked the, the grittiness about them, uh, and I was – Perfectly happy to see the Bruins win a Stanley Cup, but after the complaining, after the Achari, no, the, uh, uh, the 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 trip that wasn't called in Game Five, I'm like, were you guys not aware of all this stuff that happened in the previous series, which seems like forever ago? Um, that I, I I switched my allegiance midstream to, to, to the St. Louis Blues out of spite. Yeah, I mean, listen. There's there's people who who complain, and there's people who just kind of just take it, and, and and sometimes you just gotta take it and move on. And listen, the officiating wasn't perfect throughout the playoffs. It rarely is. Right. In this day and age, calls are magnified and scrutinized to uh, an unbelievable degree, like they weren't in the past. And um, that's another thing where you can look at, oh, the outcome's here, the outcome's there. But, um, again, that's, that's why we play sports is for the right. human error, for the unpredictability of it, for um, the ability to overcome struggles throughout the game or things that didn't go your way. It's all about growing as a hockey player and just owning up and, and, and playing the game. Um, and sometimes that's a little bit lost and, at the end of the game, people reflect, and, and the social media yeah. brings a start to every single penalty and every single um, camera angle that's on the players. And um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But um, I think a lot of people just be better off just letting it be. And, right. and this is the call that was made, and deal with it. So you're you're not a replay guy because I hate instant replay. I hate it. I've always hated it in sports. I think it's made officiating worse. Um, what what is your take on instant replay? That's uh, such a. It's, I mean, I think that's a subject we would probably discuss at length for I think hours. Okay. Um, you hate it when when 
calls come down to the wire and, and are blatantly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we have the ability to rectify these through video replay is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because it takes away flow from the game. It takes away um, a little bit more uh, of, of the human error element that people are refereeing the game. Um, a lot of times referees um, get their own feel for the game. So when they're playing a game, they're like, all right, this is going to be called and this is going to be called. I'm going to let that go and I'm going to let that go. And usually, you know, around halfway through the first period after some calls either go your way or don't go your way or get called, you say, all right, this is the way this is going to be played. And sometimes they have that taken away from them uh, because of instant replay. Um, so I, I don't think I'm, I'm a fan of instant replay, mm-hmm. but it is such a tough, um, sell sometimes because you don't know where to end it. Right. Where do you end it? Um, is it just goals? Is it just offsides? Now, is it just pucks in the air? Is it deflections? Is it hit the netting? I mean, there are so many variables mm-hmm. that, that you have to look at and it's, you know, the where do you stop thing is, is the thing that uh, I'm not sure what to do with. Yeah, that, uh, look, I'm, I, I grew up a baseball fan. It's still my, to me, my first, my first love. And Bud Selig, former commissioner, was steadfast. He didn't want to start the slippery slope. They did it, and now um, I, there's no end in sight. Would you be in favor of switching instant replay to we look at the plays in real speed, in actual game speed, if they can't tell in game speed, whatever the call was, is the call. Right. I mean, I think even in baseball, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could even just take out the umpires and just let everything go instant replay on computers. Right. I mean, it's the way you can do things nowadays, I don't think really is in the history of the sport and the tradition of the sport and um, I think that's 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 a slope that we need to tread very carefully on. Right, we got into a subject I wasn't I wasn't even planning on getting into. Let's move off of that because I would love to talk about. We could talk about replay in all of sports uh, if uh, when you come back from uh, your summer vacation. Uh, Justin Williams is joining us. I did want to ask you this about the end of the Washington series. Um, what did Alexander Ovechkin say to you? in the handshake line. Cause it looked to me like he was like more interested in having the conversation. You might've just been exhausted. He looked like he was more interested in having a conversation with you than maybe you were with him, but I don't want to read into anything in terms of body language. So what did he, what did you guys talk about? Well, I think when you win, you obviously shake the guy's hand and you look him in the eye and you say great series. Um, but the fact of the matter is when, when, when I'm up there and I win and I shake guys' hands, uh, you still want to be humble. You, if they want to talk, that's great. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to talk and tell about how great the series was and how was this because I'm pretty sure they don't want to hear it at that point. <laughs> if, if, if they want to approach the conversation, then that's fine. Um, but I'm not uh, a guy to rub it in anybody's face or, or do anything like that. I'm uh, a humble guy when you win and – um, you know, he simply just said, you know, we had this thing in, in Washington where we always said it. We just said, yeah, right. So something didn't go our way. We just said, yeah, right. So <laughs> he came up to me and said, yeah, right, Willie. And uh, he said, just go in, go in another one. You know how to do it. Uh, great series. 
and you know that was it and you know we moved on so um he he, he played unbelievable that series and, and has become quite a competitor um in uh, certainly the last few years and, and winning the Stanley Cup the year before um certainly exemplified that now that series started off poorly but there was something about that series, and look, nobody nobody picked Carolina nationally, no matter where you read. There wasn't anybody that thought uh, Carolina was going to win that series. I, will, I, I said on TV that I thought you guys would win in seven. I think they, uh, uh, they, the, the morning anchor looked at me like I had six heads. Um, there was something about this team, and I thought that you, I don't think you guys had played well really in one game against Washington during the regular season. When did you believe that you guys could beat, legitimately could beat the Capitals? Or maybe you believed all along? No, we certainly believed all along, and that's something that people can roll their eyes at and be like, okay, well, they beat you all four games in the regular season. They beat you handily uh, at home there for their first two games. That's six games that you guys didn't get a point in. Um, Pretty easy to say, well, that might not be our series or this team's got our number, but uh, quite frankly, I, I, I wasn't um, overwhelmed when we drew them in the first round. Uh, I think it would be an unbelievable series. Um, they're very tested and, and veteran laden. Um, but at the same time, I, I just felt it was a great opportunity for us. I, I thought, I thought we had a good shot to beat them. And, um, we did. Uh, just We did because we believed. Now, once we got that first win in Game 3, there was a little bit of relief, and there was a little bit of, what do you think now, fellas? <laughs> and, you know, we just we, we carried that on, believed. And, and really, that I think, you know, I watched my first playoff game uh, last night with my son. <laughs> I watched Game 7 there, and Peter Angelo at the end of the game said, belief, just keep believing that you can do it and, and, and you hang on to that and, and until you can't anymore. So um, they did it, we did it, um, and they persevered. You know, it's, what's interesting about that game, and for us watching uh, at home, or uh, I spent a good chunk of that at a watch party at the Carolina Alehouse, um, it's, game seven started off poorly, obviously. Uh, but there was a point, I think it was middle of the second period, where it was pretty obvious that the game had turned, where you guys looked like the better team. And I'm curious from your perspective, you can't think we have this because you didn't have the lead at that point, but at one point in the game you go, you know what, right now we are better. Our team right now is better than Washington. The longer we're here, the the better our chances are. Yeah, I mean they were up. They were certainly up by two goals, and then once they scored that second goal, there was on the bench there was you know myself and Roddy and a couple other guys saying, "Stick with it. Don't let this get out of hand. Just stay with the game." Um, we hadn't done that in, in a previous game and ended up losing, I think, five nothing to mm-hmm. Washington. So we just wanted to just keep hanging around, and and we did that uh, through a few saves by Mrazek and we just hung around, got that goal. And then, and then the doubt sinks into the other team. And that's what you do. You just, you want to instill a little bit of doubt in them. And, um, we did that. And, um, obviously we're able to come back. And once you get in overtime, obviously I thought we had the better of the play, but (laughs) 
at that point. It's anybody's right. game, really. Um, who gets the bounce? And unfortunately, we did. Yeah, I could go back to an overtime game during the regular season in Florida where the uh, the Panthers were just taking it to them, taking it to you guys, and all of a sudden, Sebastian Ajo scores, uh, and it's the other way. So, yeah, it just takes one moment to change everything. All right, so uh, I, I want to. I, I don't want to monopolize your time, but I want to. I want to get a couple of quick things in because this season was about changing the culture. So I'm curious about this. Did the culture change before the first of the year, or before that, or did it change because you guys made the playoffs, or does the change not really take hold? unless you back it up with another good season, another playoff bid? Well, I think all of those are, are relevant questions and fair questions, to be honest. Um, you know, all we've done this year is is change our approach, um, change our accountability, and, and change our expectations. Um but you need to keep building upon that. And we have the great leadership here, um, you know, starting with management to our coach that okay is not okay. And just because the season was okay by my standards <laughs> um, doesn't mean um, that that's enough. Right. And, and that's important. Um, we're bringing in guys that, that, um, are committed to the team and are committed to each other and are, are great hockey players and great teammates. And um, so, I, I mean, it's tough to answer your question, but I think on the road we're on, we're going to have continued success if all the pieces line up um, the way they should. And, and creating a culture is not something that's just created instantly. It's created over years and years uh, of success and, and, um, having your core players really instill that in everybody else. Because um, if your core players can't do it, then you've lost it. So right. It's been a good start, and and um, you know the older guys that we've 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 tried to instill that. Um, certainly, the leadership group on the team has tried to instill that in in the young guys and the core guys. And and uh, at some point, you you do your best and and. Um, see where it takes you, and, and that's uh, that's what we've done this year, and that's what we got to continue to do. I, I ask this next question not to disparage anyone, but you came back uh, two years ago uh, because you saw something here, and very possibly because you thought you could play a real bona fide leadership role in turning this franchise back in the direction you believe it belongs. So what level of impact do you think not wearing a letter in year one had and does last year kind of prove that that was a mistake? Um, well, when that all came down and Bill Peters told me that, you know, this is the way he was going to go, um, you know, I told him I'd I disagreed with it. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was right. And I said, I respectfully disagree. Um, but I would do the best I could given the situation. And, and, and that's exactly what I did. But 
there's a little bit more to be desired um, when there's a letter placed on your jersey. Um, maybe subconsciously or consciously, I'm not sure. Um, the other players, you say something, they might not resonate with them mm-hmm. as, as much as it would um, if you do have that letter. Um, and it gives a little bit of accountability to myself, too, um, where maybe the year before I might have waited to say something to see if any of the other guys would say something um, and bite my tongue a little bit. But this year I just, you know, was just myself and, and let it fly and whatever happened, happened. And, uh, um, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity that I was able to um, be the captain and, uh, and and do the best I could with it. I know somebody who was in the locker room the day that they had that press conference with uh, with Justin and Jordan, Justin Falk and Jordan Stahl on the on the podium, and uh, uh, somebody of great prominence walked past me and out of the corner of his mouth said, "Wait do you get a load of this?" Uh, <laughs> um, because there were a lot of people that were not happy about that. I actually think it put Jordan and Justin in a bad spot. I think it was more damaging to them than it was uh, in, in, in many ways, even to you. No, I mean, in, in choosing two people, you're kind of backdoor slighting both of them at the same time. So, um, you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's over to think of the past. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that uh, um, us and a lot of teams will learn from and, and, and probably not ever do again. Yeah, they would have been better off just keeping it two A's. I look, I've I've always said that, uh, and and this is the way it manifested. Uh, not this past season, but this, your first season back was that even Jordan, Justin, and a lot of the other guys, they still talked about you. Uh, so again, I th- I think it put them in a difficult spot. That um, I think we saw how it was supposed to work this year. So. Um, the, the, the head coach, Rod Brindamore, he got it right. Um, all right, final thing, and then we'll let you go make lunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if What will you do if you don't play? Uh, I, 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 think I, have, I think I don't have an answer for that. And, and, and <laughs> I think that's, I'm totally comfortable with that. That's, that's the thing that... Um, that's the thing that I don't mind and that I'm very comfortable with at this point that I don't know what the future holds. I, I truly don't, whether it's, you know, has a hockey jersey on next year um, or it doesn't. Um, I'm fine with, uh, with, with, with whatever happens. And that, that's just the comfort level that I'm at right now. And um, I'm totally fine with it. So uh, I, I can't answer that question either, Adam. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, that's all right. I, that's an answer. Whether <laughs> you you may not have thought it was an answer, but it, that's that's an answer because if you're comfortable with it, you're comfortable with it. Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of us that won't be, but you don't have to please us. Um, your I, I assume your handicap will be uh, a plus one or a plus two by then. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just hire a golf teacher and just head down to. Uh... Uh, Southern California and and just work on a game for three years until I get really good. Maybe I'll do that until you get really good. Um, <laughs> you you are 
You are 13 years away from PGA Tour champions unless you are going to qualify for the PGA Tour before then, but I've said this before, you're the, you, you hit the greatest long iron I have ever seen by an amateur player. <laughs> well, I'll follow the footsteps of Tony Romo and, and, and Steph Curry. <laughs> well, the, they're legit, aren't they? No, they're really they're really good golfers, but as far as as far as pros, <laughs> golfing pros, uh, I, you know that's uh, kind of a slight on how good the actual guys are on, on the PGA Tour, the Buy dot com tour, right? And any other tour, the Canadian Tour. I mean, these guys are just phenomenal, and uh, um, I just I just love the game because it's really hard and uh, uh, it's uh, uh, unpredictable. It, it's completely no. Re, re, this will this will be the end. Last year, when John Smoltz qualified for the Senior Open and uh, went out and shot like eighty three, there was some there people like people get mad online, especially on Twitter all the time. Uh, how embarrassing that was for John Smoltz. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you understand the difference between going out and playing a round of golf and then teeing it up in a USGA event? I was shocked at that the level of, like, the lack of knowledge that people had about this. No, it's not a Thursday afternoon game with your buddies. Right. <laughs> Holy cow. All right, man. Uh, thank you much. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, go make lunch, and uh, I, I absolutely appreciate the time. No problem, Goldie, anytime. All right, man. That's this week's Kane's Corner with Adam Gold. Download or subscribe to our podcast every Monday during the Carolina hurricane season in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. And don't forget, for the latest Canes coverage, log on to WRALsportsfan.com. Every game on the Canes Radio Flagship, 99.9 The Fan.